We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken. And on tonight's episode, I will be reviewing the Netflix original series, Ozark. So, um, yeah, uh, it may be, uh, I'm recording, and I just want to state that I'm recording this like around 11.20 at night, uh, I mean Friday night this tonight, but by the time I end up posting it, because my, my episodes usually tend to go uh, for at least an hour, it may be midnight by the time I actually post this. In fact, it probably will be, so, uh, but when I say tonight, just know I am recording this Friday night, tonight, so... Um, so yeah, uh, but before, yeah, before I get into actually talking about the show, I just want to reiterate, uh, again, as almost always all the time with the podcast, uh, there will be spoilers, uh, for the entirety of this series. Uh, I won't spoil literally everything that happens in the show, but I will spoil, I will be talking about a lot of big plot points and, some character deaths and and you know some spoilery shit. So if you uh, so if you haven't seen the show yet and uh, you're curious about it and you want to watch it um, or you're thinking about watching it, definitely watch it. But uh, but if you're already planning on watching it, uh, stop listening to this uh, episode. Uh, go watch it first and then come back and listen to it. But if you are one to not care about spoilers or things being spoiled for you and or you want to hear my thoughts on it and then go watch it, then by all means, um, continue, uh, proceed with the episode. So, uh, with that being said, let's get on to the review. So, the show, uh, yes, it's a Netflix original series. Uh, it premiered on uh, July 21st, 2017. And, uh, and it ended, uh, very recently, uh, this last season was split into two parts and the final seven episodes, part two of season four, uh, ended on April 29th, 2022. So the show had, a about a five year run, give or take a few months. And, uh, so it was pretty good and, uh, or, or that's, that's pretty good. It, and, uh, it was four seasons, uh, 44 episodes each season, except for season four, had 10 episodes. So the final season had 14, four, four more than uh a typical season. But uh so, you know, that that's and that's uh and that's a pretty good run, you know, not too long, not too short. Like that's that's perfect length because usually uh the thing is uh with shows that go on maybe past 5 seasons, um they tend to kind of just repeat the, uh the same plots or they start to run out of ideas. And just try to come up with stuff that could like shock or win back the audience, you know. And um, so it's always it's always good to end on a high note, and always good to leave the audience of whatever show. Uh, it's always good to leave the audience of your show wanting more, and not, you know, praying for it to come to an end, and hopefully still be good by the time it ends. So, so I I do I do appreciate the fact that the show, um that the show did come to an end. But, uh, but yeah, before I get into the plot, I would like to mention how I came about to, uh, finding out about the show or, uh, well, or how I, how I started, how I got into the show. So, uh, I remember 
back in uh, 2020 uh, during the pandemic, uh, I remember seeing the trailer for the third season. And this was uh, shortly after I was just I was scrolling through Netflix. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was scrolling through Netflix, uh, seeing what uh, what was on there new, what was new to watch. And uh, I watched the trailer for season three, and I thought, oh, this show looks pretty interesting. And this was around the time, and I and I, and keep in mind, I had just finished uh, Breaking Bad like a month ago, maybe at this point. Um, and I got a, and I got a very serious Breaking Bad vibe from it. Which, uh, if you've seen Breaking Bad and you're going into Ozark, uh, there are some similarities, but there it's not like Ozark. It's not like a ripoff of Breaking Bad. There are enough differences to where it doesn't feel. It's not the exact same show by any stretch of the imagination. But but it gave me Breaking Bad vibes from the trailer for the, for the which at the time season three was the latest season, and uh, and I believe it was like March twenty first, twenty twenty. So yeah, or March twenty seventh. Uh, was when season three came out. So, uh, it was, it was a couple weeks or maybe a month, a few weeks after I'd finished Breaking Bad. And I thought, oh, I, I gotta check this out. And, uh, and maybe it was because, I guess it was because me and dad were, or me and my dad were watching so many other shows at the time. Uh, but I, I forgot to get into it. I forgot to check it out because we were just watching so much more, so many more shows at the time. But, um, Back in January of this year, uh, I <clears throat> I saw on Netflix. I saw this the teaser for it when I was scrolling through again, and uh, and they said it was in. This was the final season, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So it's it's about to come to an end. So my thought was, okay, well, I'll just and I and I saw that it was going to be split in two parts. So I'm like, okay, I'll just wait until the show's over to start binging it. That way, I won't have to wait for any of the episodes. Uh, and I did just that. I started the show uh, back in at the beginning of May, and aside from maybe like a, a week off, or maybe not even a full week, but aside from a, a few days off, I got like at least two episodes in every day, and I binged the shit out of that in a month. <laughs> I forgot which day exactly, but it was the, it was towards the beginning of May, so it was like the beginning of May, and I just finished it last night, uh, Thursday night, yeah, or which was, yeah, which again, at the time of this recording was last night. So, um, so yeah, it took me just, just right out a month to binge watch the whole show. And, uh, I'm kind of sad now because, uh, I mean, you know, I, I feel like we're all that way whenever we finish a show we really like where there's just kind of a void. I mean, not, not to sound, not to get so dramatic, but there, there's always like a void, uh, in our lives. Whenever we finish a show that we really like, we're like, well, damn, what now? <laughs> like what should what should I start a new show? You know, I've I've invested so much time in in the lives of these characters and and all of what they're going of all of what they went through throughout the show and you know and you hope and again uh, with most shows you hope that the ending is good because you don't want to feel like you've wasted your time and and fortunately for me I really did enjoy the ending of the show I know again and and again you're not going to please everyone but there are some finales that are more unanimously loved and admired than others. Like Breaking Bad's series finale was more beloved than say Lost or Game of Thrones or The Sopranos endings, you know, where there was mostly a mixed bag in terms of people's opinions on what, you know, how they thought 
things should have went and, and their thoughts on, on how it ended, you know, like how their, their feelings on the finale, you know, but, uh, and, and it seems that way with this show. I, I, I read some comments on YouTube and Reddit, you know, and, uh, and people were saying, people were again divided on the ending of this show, but I, I, I enjoyed it, you know, um, but I'll get more into the ending, uh, later in, <clears throat> excuse me, later in the, in the episode. But, uh, yeah, so I guess I'll go ahead and talk about the plot because if you haven't seen the show, you're probably wondering how is it like Breaking Bad? What is the plot exactly? So, um, well, the plot is about, uh, we start off in Chicago and a financial, we find out this, uh, financial advisor, Marty Bird, played by Jason Bateman, uh, has been working for a Mexican drug cartel, specifically the Navarro drug cartel, for uh, just at just over a decade. Um, and unfortunately for him, everything's going okay at the moment. But then he finds out like his wife's having an affair, and then to make things worse, uh, his best friend and partner in the uh, in at his uh, financial uh, company, uh, Bruce Liddell. It turns out he had been uh, skimming some of the money from uh, – he had been cheating uh, the Navarro cartel out of some of their money. He'd been skimming the top of, of the money and taking some for himself. And uh, Dell, one of the lieutenants, finds out, and he kills him and, and all of Marty's other financial the workers or you know all of his other financial partners. And he's about to kill Marty. But Marty, being the smooth-talking son of a bitch he is, <laughs> decides to he, – he can manages to convince Dill, literally begging on his knees. He's like, hey, look, I can go to the Lake of the Ozarks. I can go, I can go to Ozark, Missouri, and, uh, and I can launder money for you there to make up for, you know, Bruce – to make up for my dumbass friend, you know, uh, cheating you out of some of the money. And Dell's like, you know what? Okay, you can do that. And so he tasks him with laundering five hundred million dollars, um, in five years, and uh, so Marty has to uproot his and his uh his and his family's lives, um, including his uh his wife Wendy, played by uh, Laura Linney, and uh, and their two children, uh, Charlotte and Jonah, played by uh, Sophia Hublitz and Skylar Gartner, uh, respectively. And, um, and they get there, everything seems to be fine. Uh, but you know, it's a few days, a few days into their time there, they run into some, you know, they run into a couple criminal families. They run into some, you know, criminal hillbillies and, and some other crime bosses. And, uh, and they find out, you know, it might not be as easy as they thought it'd be. Um, even with the threat of the cartel on their lot, um, <clears throat> even with the threat of the cartel, uh, you know, watching over them, you know, ready to kill them at a moment's notice if they screw up. You know, they've got some people in the Ozarks to deal with. So that's the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, damn. So, so that's the basic plot of the show. And, um, and, uh, and they do a lot with that premise. Uh, now again, this is where the similar people are going to compare and people have, but, but any anyone who's new to the show, people will compare, especially if they've seen Breaking Bad, they'll compare Breaking Bad to Ozark. And uh, while, yes, they are similar in some ways, they are still different enough 
and in some areas vastly different enough to where you can uh you i mean to where you can uh it's not really that um it's not it's not a big deal you know like it's not like it's direct rip off <clears throat> of breaking bad um but there are some some uh there are there are some uh similarities that i could see people pointing out and it's like well yeah that's kind of it's kind of like Netflix's answer to Breaking Bad, which is funny considering that Netflix still has Breaking Bad on its uh, streaming platform, and it's also almost always trending all the time in on on their streaming service. Um, and Ozark's still in the top ten too, which I was surprised by. I I looked yesterday when I was watching the finale, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's still in the top ten. That's cool." Um, right there, along with Stranger Things, <laughs> which. Uh, which, by the way, season four of that was really good, uh, or the first part. Um, can't wait for part two in July. But uh, but yeah, back to the similarities. So so yeah, Breaking Bad and Ozark are similar in a few ways, um, because they are. Uh, we start off both shows with a mild mannered, somewhat down on his luck guy, who gets involved with the wrong people because he's trying to either better his life for himself or for his family. And over the course of the sh- of each show, we see them do whatever it takes to secure their family's financial uh you know, we we see them do whatever it takes to secure their family's wealth and uh and health. You know, we see we see them struggling to keep them alive and make sure they have enough money to survive. <clears throat> and uh, all while trying to evade the Mexican cartel, you know, and, and, you know, in, in Breaking Bad, it's the Salamanca family, uh, and the, the head is Don Eladio. And then in, um, in Ozark, it's the Navarro cartel who's headed by Omar Navarro. So, but, um, and so those are a few similarities. And then also, you know, as with Breaking Bad, there are shocking, or, I mean, uh, another thing Breaking Bad and Ozark have in common, there are a lot of shocking twists and turns and, and interesting, Developments in the story, uh, a lot of characters who you won't expect to die end up dying, uh, sometimes horribly gruesome deaths, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes deaths you might see coming, but the way they execute them is still will still shock you, like even if you guess a character is going to die, they usually, the way they die isn't, it still catches you off guard, Um, and yeah, and, and, uh, and there may be a few other similarities, but Really, uh, those are like the main ones, and uh, and 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 I feel like both shows are different enough to where, you know, it's not even really like oh, which one's better because they're not exactly the same. They're both at its core, they are both like I said about <clears throat> mild mannered men turning a little bit more evil throughout the course of a series and working for a drug cartel, a Mexican drug cartel. Uh, unexpected deaths, all that, you know, but, uh, but the performances, the characters, the, the, the way the story goes, it, it, it's different than Breaking Bad and, um, and Breaking Bad, yeah, is one of my favorite shows. It's actually my favorite show of all time. And it still is ever since I watched it, ever since I finished it, uh, two years and two months ago, uh, it's still been, it still remains my favorite show of all time. And, you know, honestly, I think Ozark 
if it's not in my top 10 favorite shows, it's at least in my top 20 as of right now. And keep in mind, I don't know exactly what my final top 10 or even top 20, my final top 20 or even top 10 is. I just know that I do really like uh, the show. To the I, I, I like it a lot to the point where I would consider it at least in my top 20 favorite shows of all time. Uh, it's just that good. And uh, it is intense as shit. Like there, just uh, again, like Breaking Bad, there are moments that where you go, oh shit, you know, holy shit, and uh, and it's just so tense. It's so intense and so anxiety-inducing. Like you're just one. One of the great things about the show is uh, just seeing Marty talk his way out of shit because he uh, <clears throat> his character is so. Like, not only is he smart uh, finance-wise, because he is a very smart financial advisor, but he's also just very quick on his feet, and he's able to talk his way. And because he's so smart and quick on his feet, uh, and because he thinks things through, uh, and he's he, he usually keeps a calm, level head, he's he's able to talk his way out of situations where you you'd think that you're like, okay, if I was in this situation, I'd be dead because I'd just be stuttering over my words or I'd maybe accidentally say the wrong thing or or, or something like that. But no, I mean, he, you know, the, the way he's able to talk his way out of stuff is is remarkable to say the least. Um, and, uh, and he talks his way out of a lot of shit throughout the series. Um, uh, and, and it's, it's just, it's very fun to watch. And, uh, and especially in the first episode, like when he, when he convinces, uh, his, his boss, uh, Dell, uh, not to kill him, you know, like we, like Dell is just about to pull the trigger and Marty manages to convince him, Hey, look, what if we just move from Chicago and go to the Ozarks? I will launder as much money as you want from me. Okay. I'll launder everything that again, my dumbass partner, Bruce, uh, stole from you guys. And you know, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's desperate, but like he, he is clearly, and he, he may be stuttering a little bit, but he's clearly, he, he may have thought up the, he may have thought this up on the spot, but he was very, he was very passionate and he was very determined to survive. And that's another, that's another thing I like about Marty is, is his willing, is his determination to survive. You know, like he's not, he's not a particularly, uh, like his character isn't particularly like he 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 doesn't he doesn't really murder that many people in the show. In fact, he really only murdered one person and that was because he was holding his wife hostage. He didn't really have a choice. Uh but his, some of his actions have been either directly or indirectly responsible for the deaths of others. But yeah, he's he's more of a he's more of a a calm, calculated guy. Like he he and uh he's got a kind of dry deadpan sense of humor. But he he's he he's more uh, he's more willing to talk things through than some of his associates, <laughs> to say the least, because some of the people he associates with are psychotic sons of bitches, you know, <laughs> and uh, and we see that throughout the show. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I really do like the and Marty's a great character. Jason Bateman plays him perfectly, uh, and he was and yeah, if you don't know Jason Bateman, he was in. He played uh, the main character in Arrested Development, which I've only seen like half of the first season of that. I kind of want to finish the show, which I may, I may do one day. But uh, 
but he he was great in in what I saw him in of that. Uh, he was also the voice of I forgot his character's name, but he he was one of the main characters in Zootopia. He was the uh, the fox that was uh, partnered up with uh, Judy Hopps, the uh, cop, the rabbit cop, and um, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. But those those are two of like uh, more of his most notable roles. But he was a child actor. Uh, when he was younger and, um, and he's, uh, he's, he's really good in the role. Um, you know, and he, he, like I said, you, you do want him to succeed and get out of this mess because he has dug himself in quite a hole, but the way, but, but again, the ma- the way he manages, uh, manages to, and, and this is, this is something else that's cool about the show too. And also that's some, something that's kind of stress inducing with the show is that you always, every time it seems like they're going to get out or they're, they've found a solution to one problem that, you know, it's, it's been a thorn in their side for so long or, or, you know, something like that, something of that nature, something else just comes along and completely screws that up or they have, or, or, or another problem, you know, ekes its way into, into their, into their lives. Like every time they take two steps forward, they seem to take five steps back. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's like that. And, um, and it's, and it's just fun. And, and again, kind of, a, a kind of anxiety inducing to, to see just how in the hell they're going to get out of this, you know? Um, but yeah. And, and yeah. And, oh, and, uh, Wendy, uh, cause, uh, yeah, Wendy bird, uh, cause the, the family, I forgot. Yeah. The family's last name, they're the birds, uh, B Y R D S or B-Y-R-D-E-S, but, uh, Wendy Bird, uh, played by Laura Linney, is, uh, Marty's wife, and, uh, and she is a really great character, too, um, she goes through, uh, some, you know, an interesting bit of character development, too, whereas she's more hesitant, uh, than Marty is to, uh, I mean, she starts off, like, more hesitant than Marty is to, you know, launder, I mean, you know, to do all this, to like just uproot their lives and go to the Ozarks. And we see throughout the show, she becomes, not only does she become like Marty, she becomes more, she becomes way different than Marty. Like, or she, she kind of, she, she starts off, you know, a little hesitant to it, but she, you know, agrees to it. And then we kind of see her become a little bit more like Marty. And, uh, and, and even, and, and even, uh, and even she ends up being, um, we see throughout the course of the show, even she's able to talk her way out of, out of a, bu- a bunch of, uh, sh- situations, maybe not as, you know, maybe not as stress inducing as some of the situations Marty finds himself in specifically, but, uh, because, it, you know, it, Wendy is a, a, a political lobbyist. Uh, we see her, uh, you know, like one of the plots of the show they end up trying to build this casino and they have to get like, you know, they have to get a bunch of the politicians in the Midwest on their side. And Wendy used to work. I mean, she mentions in the show, she used to be a political, she used to work for, I think she said the Obama campaign. So when she was back in Chicago, so, you know, throughout the show, we see her lobbying for all these politicians to get to, you know, say like, Hey, look, Missouri does need a 14th casino. You know, we, we can, <laughs> we can do this, you know, and, and they build a riverboat casino and that's a big plot point in the show. And, and we spend, we've spent a good amount of season three there. Like that's a main 
location in season three is this riverboat casino. And, um, but yeah, but the, but she's able to talk her way out of a lot of shit and, uh, and do so with like a fake forced smile on her face. Like the way she's able to kind of manipulate people is kind of, uh, admirable to an extent and also kind of makes you hate her <laughs> in a, in a way um because she's just so damn smug at times but uh but you still kind of like her i mean sometimes she can be an asshole sometimes marty can be an asshole and really not everyone in the show there's really not a really good person because even the good people become bad uh later on or they do some kind of shitty things, heinous things, you know, and even the good people that remain good, most of the time they end up dying horrible, horrible deaths. Um, you know, so, but, but, you know, I mean, that's what makes the show interesting. Obviously, you know, they're kind of some, some of the decisions range from bad to, you know, extremely bad to morally gray. And, and that, and that does make the characters interesting because, you know, they're, they are in a tough predicament and, you know, not everything they're going to do, you're going to 100% be on board for, but because they're the protagonists, you kind of do side with them, you know, even if they are, aren't the best of people, you know, uh, and they become kind of more anti-heroes, more anti-heroic as the show goes on. They kind of become more villainous. They kind of become more like villains or I guess anti-heroes, um, especially like from when we start out from the first episode all the way to the last episode, they have in a way kind of essentially made a full transition from the good guys, kind of bad situation to we are the bad guys now. And, you know, we're, we're the Kennedys, you know, or we're the Cokes. Like, uh, like there's a character at the end that, that compares them to them. He's like, you're not the Cokes or Kennedys or whatever royalty you think you are. And, um, and and they and they've gotten to that point by the end of the show but uh they've gotten to that you know they, you know and they've got gotten it in their heads they're like oh shit we're untouchable like we've made it this far we've made it a solid 2 years in this place with all these crazy people and um it's like yeah we're we're never going to die <laughs> but uh but yeah so and and yeah and it's not just Marty and Wendy that are good there's I mean, all the main characters are good. Even the recurring characters, there's a bunch of them that are good. Uh, they're, they're kids. Uh, Sophia Hublitz uh, plays their daughter, Charlotte. She's uh, 15, their 15-year-old daughter. And then Skylar Gartner uh, plays their son, Jonah Bird, who is their 11, 12-year-old son. Um, so it's kind of cool that they, they have uh, two children that are like a little bit different in age. So it's, it's like, it kind of, you kind of get the perspective of a teenager and then you get the perspective and you know, the, the, what an adolescent, like what a young, young boy is going through, you know, you get the aspects or not the aspects you get the, you get what you get to see what uh, a teenager is going through and then what the, the young boy is going through or what the young kid's going through. So it's kind of, it's kind of neat that they're a little bit different in age and, um, and and they do a pretty good job too, and they, and even they uh, um, change and develop as the show goes on, from you know be from not really being involved in the financial, uh, in in the money laundering at all, uh, to uh, to actually being involved in the money laundering and actually kind of 
you know, like helping their parents and, and yeah, just being a part of, of the organized crime, you know, of doing that, you know? And, um, but yeah, and then, but yeah, and, and they run into, and, and there's a bunch of people, like I said, besides the cartel, besides Dell and Navarro, uh, we also meet, uh, we end up meeting Helen, uh, the cartel's lawyer who she comes in after Dell's murdered at the end of season one which, uh, that is another oh shit moment in the show. There's, there's a bunch of character deaths that, and, and maybe not even necessarily character deaths, but there are a lot where you go, oh shit, but there are some other moments too. And a lot of them are at character deaths, but there are a lot of moments where you go, oh shit, you know? And, and to me, that was one of them. And I, and it's funny because when it happened, the way, the way Dell died and who took him out caught me off guard completely because, Marty had just brokered a deal between him and, uh, uh, and the Snells, uh, which who, uh, the Snells are a crime family living in the Ozarks and, uh, Jacob and Darlene Snell. And, uh, and they basically, uh, grow their own heroin and they, and they distribute it, uh, throughout the town and, and throughout other places, uh, in the Midwest. But, uh, so yeah, they, they're, you know, we establish right off the gate that they're, terrible people as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, but they, he, at the end of season one, Marty brokers a deal between Dell or, you know, and Jacob and Darlene to build a casino. So that way they can launder that way they can kind of sneak in, uh, you know, the, uh, the Snell's heroin and the cartels, uh, money, they can launder that, you know? So it's like, Oh, it's a win-win for everyone. Um, and, but yeah, and, and they almost, and and the deal still goes through, but Marty and Dell almost walk out, and then Dell just has to say, say some shit, and the way he dies, which again you may ha- already have been guessing by, well you, you may you may you may could guess you could probably guess by the way I'm describing it, but but I won't say how he dies, but it, it's it it is a shocking oh shit moment you know, and uh, and it and it really did cement the fact that the show. It really did cement the fact that, to me, that, yeah, anyone could die at any time, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how uh, big uh, the person is, you know, it doesn't matter how untouchable they think they are, how much money they have, what position of power they're in, and or who they are, who they're, who, what family they're from, it, it could all be over like that, you know, with, with just a simple, with just a simple uh, you know, shot, you know, with a simple, with a simple bullet or, uh, a poisoning or, you know, being blown up or just, just some death, some manner of a gruesome death can take that all away, you know? And, and, and it just, and it went, and it went to show, it goes to show it's like, yeah, some of the characters aren't as untouchable as they think they are. Uh, especially when the birds arrive because uh, everything seems to be going well for a lot of people until the birds move to the Ozarks and uh, and everything goes down the way it does. But uh, but yeah, they're they're really good too. Uh, Jacob and Darlene Snell played by um, uh, who plays them? Oh, uh, Peter Mullen plays Jacob and Lisa Emery plays Darlene, uh, and and they're really great. And uh, and there's a lot and despite the fact that they're psychotic heroin dealers and, and murderers, they, they do kind of make a, a sweet couple, uh, because, you know, it's like, well, shit, there, there's something admirable about them both being P 
pieces of shit and knowing they're pieces of shit and no, like they know they know who they are they they're not afraid to admit it they they don't mind admitting what 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 they are who they are what they do you know they they just uh they just do it you know they don't care <laughs> and uh and they do have some funny moments uh between the two of them but uh but yeah so th- they're great uh oh how how have I gone this long without talking about her? Julia Garner uh, plays Ruth Lanemore, and she's she's a main character throughout the entire show. She's there from the very beginning all the way to the very end, uh, and she is also a part of a local criminal family, the Lanemores, obviously, uh, <laughs> Ruth Lanemore, and um, and she uh, she's great in the role. Julia Garner, uh, she does a great job, and. Um, and it's very interesting the journey and the, the the yeah the journey her character goes on the journey that Ruth goes on throughout the show with wanting to rise above from uh what everyone sees her family to be which is mostly just a bunch of low life uh deadbeat criminals you know uh she wants to be seen you know she wants before she dies she wants to be known as the Lane Moore that got away or that, you know, cause, cause they, they, uh, mention this throughout the show, uh, this Lane Moore curse where, you know, it seems like every Lane Moore ends up dying a horrible death or, you know, usually up due to something involving their criminal history, you know, and, and Ruth just wants to break free from that. And, uh, and it's, and it's very admirable and it's very cool to see her, you know, go through what she goes through because, uh, her she partners up with Marty, and this is another similarity kind of with with Breaking Bad. Uh, their their duo is to me uh, reminiscent of Walter and Jesse or Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad. Uh, like Marty and Ruth are kind of like the Walt and Jesse of Ozark, <laughs> and um, and even uh, and Ruth also reminds me of Jesse in a way because not only are they like the younger apprentice to the older mentor, um, but they also have a particular word that they like to use a lot, um, for, like, for, for Ruth, uh, it's fucking, and, or fuck, or fucker, you know, (laughs) she, she loves to drop her F-bombs, but, uh, but the F-word for Ruth is, like, bitch to Jesse, because if if anyone's watched Breaking Bad, they know Jesse loves to say bitch. Like that's you know that's that's his catchphrase, bitch. Yeah, bitch. He'll you know, just any 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 sentence where he can drop drop the word bitch in, he'll 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 take advantage of that opportunity. And uh, and Ruth takes advantage of every opportunity she can to to drop the f bomb in every sentence. <laughs> and it's and I could see how some people might find that a bit gratuitous. Uh, but I, I didn't really mind it a whole lot, you know. I mean, it kind of, it kind of plays in with her character again, kind of being, you know, a little bit angry and a little bit, you know, uh, angry about her family and, you know, her family's history, and what they end up and what they do for a living, you know. It, it you know, it kind of all, it, it kind of, it kind of, it fits with her character, you know. But I could see how some people might be thrown off by how how much cursing she does but uh but she yeah she does a great she does a great job um and her and you know 
uh, and, and she has an interesting romantic relationship in season three. Uh, the dynamic again between her and Marty is great. Uh, it kind of ends on a sad note in the, in the last episode, but I'll, I'll get to that, uh, in, in a couple minutes, in a few minutes, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, so those are like some of the main characters, but they're all great. Uh, Jordana Spiro plays Rachel Garrison. She's a, she's a, a woman who she uh, owns a business that Marty ends up, uh, being the financial advisor of, and her story has an interesting journey here and there. And, and she ends up, uh, uh, leaving for a while in the show. And, and there's a, and she ends up coming back towards the, towards the final season, towards the end of the show. But there's a, there's a period where she's gone for a while. And, uh, and the situation she was in right before she left was so intense. I was like, Oh shit, please don't kill her. Cause I really did love her character too. Um, not to mention she was incredibly gorgeous, I thought, but, uh, but I mean, that's not the only reason I wanted her to live, but you know, I, I really did enjoy her character and it was kind of sad again to see another person that the birds kind of screwed over. I mean, not intentionally, but that someone again that lived in the Ozarks, everything was going well for them, or at least going decently. Everything was seemingly going fine for them, you know? Um, maybe, maybe everything wasn't going the best it could have been, but everything was going okay. You know, everything was going fine. And then for them, and then the birds just show up and, and not ruin everything, but almost ruin everything. And, 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 and for some characters, they do ruin everything, you know, <laughs> like, uh, Mason, the preacher that he has a tragic ending, um, the shit he goes through, um, you know, and then, and then with Rachel, you know, it's, uh, what she ends up going through in season two, especially, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was so intense and I kept thinking, oh shit, she's going to die. She's going to die. Cause there's this agent, uh, FBI agent who, again, he's a main character too, uh, agent Petty played by Jason Butler Harner. And, uh, he, you know, is investigating, uh, he's investigating the birds and uh and del uh rio the lieutenant uh the for the navarro cartel and he's trying to kind of see he he's he's very highly suspicious of marty so he ends up and he and he's a piece of shit like if anyone's a real piece of shit it's him but he he to me he's like joffrey lannister or at least yeah he he's kind of like the joffrey lannister of the show well, I guess you could say a few people are like the Joffrey Lannister of the show, but to me, he's the Joffrey of the show where you love to hate him. Like he's got such a, like, you know, obviously he's, and you'd, and, and again, this goes with the fact or this goes with what I was saying earlier, where there's not really a good moral person on the show. Like most, you know, even, even the good people or the people who you think, oh, well, these are good guys. They kind of end up doing some heinous shit too. And, um, and, and Petty is, and Agent Petty is, is one of, is one of them. He's no exception, but, uh, but he, he does some heinous shit throughout, uh, his time on the show. And, and, and one of the things he does is force Rachel to be a rat and he almost threatens to blow her brains out a few times. So in, in those scenes where, uh, Petty and Rachel are together when they're, you know, having, some like intense conversation about not wanting to, 
I mean, you know, about about the severity of the situation she's in and, and what exactly they're doing. You know, I like there were a few times, again, one time in particular when he drove her out into the woods, pulled a gun out on her. I'm like, oh, shit, don't kill her. Don't kill her. You know, um, and thankfully she doesn't die. In fact, she lives to the very end of the ser- of the finale. Like we she doesn't die in the last episode. So I'm like, yes. And because I was worried when she came back. Because she leaves at the end of season two. Marty ends up getting her out of the Ozarks. Getting her out of the game, essentially. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, we don't see her for uh, uh, almost two seasons. And she comes back in the second half of season four. Uh, I won't say why exactly. But, uh, but Ruth ends up kind of braining her back. Enticing her in some way uh, to come back. And, uh, and she was only... And she was in the last four episodes... But with each passing episode that she was in, I'm like, oh shit, you got out of there, you got to Florida, you know, like, I I don't want to, I don't want to see you die, please don't die. And, uh, you know, it was, um, and unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately, fortunately she didn't die. Uh, but yeah, she was a great character. Uh, Agent Petty was too. Uh, Charlie Tehan, Tehan, Tehan. I'm probably butchering his last name. Uh, Wyatt, uh, he is um, uh, Ruth's cousin. He does a great job. Uh, he's a main character. Uh, Janet Janet McTeer plays uh, Helen Pierce, the uh, cartel lawyer, uh, or the the lawyer for the Navarro cartel. Uh, she's a main character uh, throughout about half the show. Uh, she does a really good job. Her actress. Um, Tom Pelfrey plays Ben Davis, uh, Winnie's brother. Um, Felix Solis plays uh, Navarro, who he does a really good job. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Alfonso Herrera plays Javi, his uh, nephew, who he was in uh, the net- another Netflix series, uh, Sense8, created by the Wachowskis. Uh, he played a recurring character. Uh, he played the boyfriend of uh, one of the main uh, Sense8s you know, one of the main characters, and, uh, and he was great in that show, and he's great in this show, too, um, he doesn't have, I mean, he is a main character, but he's introduced in the last season, so he doesn't have as much screen time as some of the other characters that have, you know, been established earlier in the show, but with, with the, with the amount of screen time he has, which is, a you know, which is a good bit, considering when they introduced him in, uh, he does a great job, too, he's, like, he's Navarro's hot-headed nephew, and uh and he's even more psychotic than uh, Navarro but uh <laughs> he does a great job too but um but yeah so i'm trying to think of what else to talk about i guess uh i guess i'll talk about the finale so the the final season the the finale you know after everything that uh Marty and Wendy and Charlotte and Jonah have been through they're finally about to go back home to Chicago after two years of living in the Ozarks, of laundering money, of facing near death, of, of, you know, facing too many near death experiences of either directly or indirectly killing several people, having lots of blood on their hands. They're finally about to head back home and, um, excuse me. And, uh, everything seems to be going well. Uh, Ruth, is now the head of their casino, uh, or she's now kind of the 
you know, the, she ends up kind of taking over the casino. Uh, and, and she, she seems to be doing well for herself. She's gotten her criminal record expunged thanks to, uh, thanks to Charles Wilkes, uh, a high profile political figure, knowing someone, uh, higher up in the political food chain, you know, uh, you know, uh, erasing her criminal past, you know, because most of the crime she committed was when she was uh, a minor. So, which is cool to, you know, it's cool. It was cool to see Ruth bettering herself, you know, but, uh, but she, you know, she, uh, um, we, we see her, well, we see her, uh, tearing down her and her father and uncle's trailers, uh, and, you know, putting in now that she, because, uh, her cousin Wyatt married Darlene Snell, uh, and they both got killed by Javi, which when Javi killed Darlene, I was like, yes. And then when he killed, uh, Wyatt, I was like, oh, fuck you, Javi. Like I said that I yelled that at the screen like four times. Like I was so pissed. I, I never have went from being so happy to being so pissed as quickly like that as I did then. But, uh, and, and that's another thing too with the show is that the character deaths, you, you'll range from feeling like, hell yeah, to, you know, F you, <laughs> to, eh, yeah, okay, I, I, you kind of deserved it, you know, uh, but that, that's another great thing about the show, too, uh, is how you feel about the characters, even when they're dying, like, you know, you can kind of feel sorry for them, even with how terrible they, some of them are, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so Ruth ends up, um, uh, you know, she, she and Rachel are, you know, working at the casino and the birds have made a deal with the FBI that now that Javi, who Navarro had take over as, as head of the cartel, now that Javi's dead, Camilla, and, and now that Navarro's in prison, uh, Camilla, Navarro's sister is now head of the cartel and they, they the previous offer still stands or the previous deal still stands. They will continue. The FBI will continue to seize money from, uh, from the cartel, like, you know, like they'll have money drops coming in through, uh, from the, from Mexico to the U S that the FBI will continue to seize in exchange for, you know, information, uh, that could be useful for the FBI, you know, and, uh, and, you know, everyone's there, uh, you know, Rachel, Ruth, Marty, Wendy, Camilla, the two main FBI agents and their, uh, Marty and Wendy's lawyer, uh, Jim. And, um, and and yeah, the deal the deal goes well, and uh, the FBI says, "Hey, we're going to let you launder money through the casino, Ruth and Rachel." Uh, but th- yeah, we're we're on board with this. You know, we're going to let you guys launder the money through the casino. Uh, you know, we're 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 cool with that, <laughs> and uh, and it was um, you know, and and the deal deal's going well. I mean, everything seems to be going fine. Ruth seems. Her path seems to be looking up. Uh, her future is looking brighter than ever, <laughs> and uh, and the and yeah, everything seems going be going well. Uh, Wendy and Marty, uh, well, with Ruth's help, uh, they managed to convince Joan and Charlotte to come back to them because throughout this uh, past season, um, Nathan, Wendy's dad, has been trying to get Jonah and Charlotte to come with him to stay with him because he believe because he hates Wendy's guts, which we see 
as the show progresses, we get to see what a piece of shit Wendy's dad <laughs> truly is. But uh, he keeps trying to get uh, he's try he's been trying to get uh, his grandchildren, Joan and Charlotte, to head up to go with him. And uh, and uh, they end up getting them back. Uh, the deal with the FBI, you know, everything's airtight. Every everyone is on. Everyone is on equal terms, you know, everything, it seems to be airtight, everything's going well. And, um, and yeah, and, and the ending, uh, played out a little differently than I thought it would. I didn't really know exactly how it was going to end, but it was still kind of sad. And it was still, it was still cool and it was still sad. It was still shocking and unexpected, which, you know, pretty much sums up the show. You know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's kind of sad it's shocking, unexpected, you know, but, uh, but the, but the last 20 or so minutes, it ends with, uh, Marty and Wendy, they're having this, uh, foundation, they're having this charity, uh, above the, their, uh, riverboat casino, or on top of their riverboat casino, and, um, for their legitimate foundation, the, the, the Bird Family Foundation, uh, and they're, you know, they're just celebrating, um, uh, kind of Wendy's, uh, they're, they're celebrating, uh, their deal or not their deal, but they're, well, they're just, okay. I'll just say this. They're just having a party. I won't go into specifics, but it's kind of, it's kind of like, just like a, a political party kind of, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, uh, it's a party to celebrate the foundation, getting another, um, getting some more money in the, in their, getting more, uh, getting, uh, another donation, um, added to their, you know, added to them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just party for the foundation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to word it, but yeah. So, and everything seems to be going well, but then Camilla, uh, ends up asking Claire, who is the head of Shaw medical, who, which is this pharmaceutical company where they are dealing, uh, the heroin through, um, or where they're, you know, kind of, uh, or they're supplying them heroin, uh, and the material to like, and the raw material to use for some of their, uh, medicines and some of their drugs, you know, um, and Claire is another kind of innocent person that kind of gets caught up in the birds shit, but, uh, but Camilla, everything seems to be going well. She shows up and asks, um, asks Claire if she knows anything about the night Javi died. And her intense line of questioning causes Claire to give up Ruth because Ruth was the one that killed Javi, Camilla's son, because he killed uh, Ruth's cousin Wyatt, who she was really close with. And really the only person in her family, besides, I guess, her other cousin, Three, although we hardly see Three in the show. He's almost, sometimes he's almost an afterthought. <laughs> but, uh, but like, besides Three... Wyatt was really the, the one main person that Ruth loved. Well, and Ben, uh, her boyfriend, and cause she ends up dating Wendy's uh, brother in season three. But, but like before Ben, you know, Wyatt was like the one true constant in Ruth's life. You know, the one true person that she did love, um, not in a romantic way, obviously, but, uh, you know, and, and everything seemed to be going well, you know, and then, and then he dies tragically by Javi's hands or at Javi's hands, and, um, and yeah, Camilla just threatens, uh, Claire, she, uh, she's like, hey, we're, we're partners now, I don't think you'd want to go pissing me off, 
So if there's anything you know about the night Javi died, or if you know who killed him, you got to tell me, uh, or I will gut you. Um, and and uh, she phrases it a little differently than that. In fact, the way she's so descriptive with uh, how she's going to gut Claire, like and where and how, I was like, Jesus Christ. When she said that, I was like, shit. I was like, Navarro who? Javi who? Like, like she's the real boss bitch of the, the show. <laughs> like the, like she's even more ruthless than her, her son and her brother. Uh, and that's saying something considering Javi and Navarro were ruthless sons of bitches, you know, but, uh, but, you know, Claire having no loyalty or, you know, to Ruth gives her up and Camilla threatens Marty and Wendy. She says, Hey, if you two so much as look at her, I'm going to kill you and your kids or I'm going to kill your kid, you know? And, uh, and it's so sad because we see Marty and Wendy, you know, everything just changed for them in that moment, you know, or, or, you know, they were having such a good time and then everything just got flipped upside down. And we see them again, doing what they do best, trying to scramble to figure out a solution as to how the hell they're going to save Ruth. And unfortunately for them, you know, they come to the conclusion that they can't, uh, because, it's either Ruth or them and they don't want to die. And Ruth, who they considered family at one point, you know, they ultimately end up sacrificing. I mean, not directly, but I mean like they ultimately don't end up saving Ruth because they wanted to save themselves more, which again makes sense. And I feel like most people would be that way, but it is kind of sad because Mar- Marty, especially Marty real. I feel like he did really care about Ruth but and again, the fact that he didn't do anything, you might be thinking, "Oh, well, that's sh- a sh- kind of shitty." But again, the whole focus of the show was him trying to save his family, no matter what. And Ruth wasn't directly his family, you know. Even even if they did say that, you know. But it still was sad though that they didn't do anything. But you know, it it kind of does again go to show that when push came to shove, Marty, they would do he would do anything to save his family, even if that meant sacrificing someone who they had gotten to know and kind of love and respect or, and care about on some level for, for the past two years, you know, but, uh, Ruth ends up going back to her trailer. Um, you know, and Camilla, she ends up confronting Camilla. She finds out she's waiting there for her. And, uh, and I really did like Ruth. It, It was sad that Ruth died, but I really did like her death scene because, um, because she went out on her own terms, you know, like she, she didn't fight back. I, I feel like she just kind of accepted it at this point. She's like, well, shit, I'm going to die. I might as well just, you know, accept it. I, I don't want to, but you know, it is what it is, but she, she didn't back down. She didn't beg. She didn't cry. She just accepted her fate and, and went out like, again, like a boss bitch. Uh, it was sad she died though. Cause she was only like 21. Uh, she still had so much to live for and not to mention Rachel and three were wait, were, you know, like she had just gotten done talking with Rachel. She's like, Hey, I'm going to head back to the trailer. I'll see you in a little bit. And Rachel was like, Oh yeah, if, don't eat my frozen pizza. You know, I'm saving that for later. And it, it was, it just kind of made that, it just made it even more sad knowing that, Oh shit. When Rachel gets back home, it, assuming Camilla hasn't you know, taking the body, which she probably has, when Rachel gets back home, she's not going to know what the hell happened to Ruth, or she'll eventually, I mean, if she doesn't see, find her, 
when she doesn't see her the next day, she's probably going to come to the conclusion that the cartel got her because uh, her and Ruth had a, a falling out with a, a, one of the henchmen uh, in the previous episode. In fact, Rachel was the one who killed Nelson, the one of the cartel's henchmen. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, so, um, so Ruth dies, uh, Navarro dies, and the way they did that too was clever because there were like several little twists and turns in that two minute scene, um, because the whole season they were trying to get, uh, or for half the season when one of the agents, uh, basically screwed over the deal they had with Navarro and sent him to prison, you know, Marty and Wendy then had to get him out of prison and they eventually did get him out of prison. Uh, thanks to, they got him off the SDN list, and, um, but Camilla wanted, you know, and they decided ultimately to side with Camilla, because they found out Camilla was the one who tried to have her brother assassinated in prison, so they side with her, and, you know, like I said, she becomes the head of the cartel, and, uh, and during Navarro's escape, the, the, uh, the, uh, the police officer tricks him into thinking he's helping him escape, and then ends up shooting him down like a dog in the middle of this abandoned road that they that they uh, veered off on, and uh, and then the last scene uh, there's a PI that was that had been following the family for the, this whole season because he was looking into the uh, he was looking into at first the disappearance of Helen Pierce who dies at the end of season three the the cartel lawyer. Um, and then eventually looking into the disappearance of Wendy's brother, Ben, you know, who, again, he doesn't know until later that they were both murdered by the cartel. But, uh, he, the final scene is the birds, you know, they're about to go back to Chicago or they're going back the next day and they head back to their house for one final night and they see Mel, uh, the PI, uh, sitting or standing outside. He broke into their house to get Ben's ashes that they kept in this goat cookie jar. And, uh, they had re it's funny cause they had reinstated him to the Chicago police department because they didn't want him to, they didn't want him to keep snooping around. But unfortunately for Mel, he decided to keep snooping around. And, you know, if he had just taken the ashes to the FBI, cause he, he would, he had been dating Maya for a couple episodes. He had been on a couple dates with her. Uh, so he was on good terms with her. If he had just taken those ashes to the FBI or to the Chicago PD, you know, instead of taunting them, he would have made it out. But unfortunately, he decided he was too prideful. He 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 thought he was the good guy that was going to take him down, and he ultimately paid the price with his life. But yeah, he ends up dying. Uh, and the scene where he dies, he's like, "Yeah, you don't, you guys don't get to be the Kennedys or whatever royal family you think you are." And uh, when he's like, uh, "I," th- or you know, they both kind of have this look like, "I think we do." And he's like, you don't, you know, the world doesn't work like this, you know. And when he's like, since when? And then the final scene is uh, Jonah. Um, we, we see, we hear a ch-ch from a shotgun, and Marty and Wendy turn, look over, and Mel looks over, and he sees Jonah and Charlotte are standing there. Jonah has a shotgun, and uh, Mar- Marty and Wendy basically just look at him so proud. They get, they nod to him. It cuts to him. He closes his eyes cuts to black and then we hear from the shotgun implying that you know essentially that yeah jacob i mean not jacob jonah killed mel and the way he did it too uh was very reminiscent of his time with buddy 
who uh, was a friend of his who lived in the house when they bought it, ends up dying in middle or in the middle of season two. But because uh, he buddy was the one who taught him how to use uh, weapons or how to, how to properly fire a gun. So, uh, so that was kind of poetic too. That was kind of neat. That you know, it's like it's like oh, kind of buddy was kind of there with him in that moment in a way. Or you know, it's like buddy's training of of him with the gun or buddy's training with Jonah with the gun. You know, kind of paid off in the end too. But um, but yeah, so. I thought the finale was good and 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 that final moment that final scene kind of that final scene basically uh I I do I really love that that final scene because it kind of uh you know it sets up this idea that yeah the birds you know they they finally have gotten out of this predicament they're in but with them killing Mel just then it's it's kind of like it establishes that no matter, even though they're out for now, even though they're out of the game and they're going back to Chicago, they're still going to be criminals at the end of the day. They're still kind of in this criminal underworld. And, you know, there's no telling, you know, I mean, they're, they don't, they're kind of free from the FBI and cartel from now, but who's to say that, you know, Camilla won't call in a favor one day, or who's to say that the FBI won't go looking into the disappearance of Mel, you know? And it kind of it kind of seems like it 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 kind of sets up that it's kind of a vicious cycle. Like even when even when they got out, something happened at the last moment that kind of pulled them back in. Uh, even if now that they have the money and power and resources to kind of make this go away, um, even though they are kind of yeah like now kind of a royal family as as Mel put it, um, you know they're they're still gonna have to deal with this even though. Yeah, like yeah, even though they are in a higher position of power to deal with something like this, they're still going to have to deal with it and they're still going to kind of still be involved in the criminal underworld. Uh whether they're in Chicago and out of the game or not, they'll still and in you know, like I said, Camilla might pull them back in, she might demand a favor from them or the FBI, you know. But um yeah, so you know, so they they they're out, you know, they got out, but they kind of, in a, in a way they got pulled back in, you know? Um, and, and, you know, and it, and it kind of does leave it. And I do like it cause it leaves it open-ended for you to guess like, well, I guess they went back to Chicago, but, or they could have stayed in the Ozarks, but I'm, but with, but with how much they wanted to go back to Chicago, I feel like they did, you know, but, but obviously they had to take care of Mel's body first. Cause they're like, well, you know, he's dead, you know, he, he snooping around. We, we couldn't have that shit, you know, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and, and also I do like, it did leave it open-ended to where like, cause I think they were talking about doing a spinoff. So it's like, if they wanted to do a spinoff, they left a few ideas dangling to where you could potentially go like, oh yeah, I could see how they do a spinoff with that. Like, uh, um, like with, uh, Ruth's death, I feel like, uh, they could have Rachel, uh, Ruth's cousin three and Frank Jr., the the son of the head of the KC mob, who Ruth ends up, she she's at odds with uh, in the show, but they end up befriending each other, uh, toward you know towards the la- latter half of the show. But I could see like maybe the three of them, uh, in a spinoff sequel series, you know, going after Camilla and the cartel, you know, for murdering Ruth. Um, or it could be like a a sequel movie, like that takes place right after the events of uh the show. 
kind of like how Breaking Bad had uh, El Camino. But and uh, but yeah, I mean, if they do, and you know, I, some part of me doesn't want a spinoff, and part of me does. But if it's anything like Better Call Saul, which is the uh, spinoff prequel series to Breaking Bad, if it's any, if it's as good as that, if it's anything like that, then I'd say then I'm all for it. As long as they keep the consistent quality of the the original show in this new show, you know. Again, if, the, if, if that's even if that's if they even do a spinoff, which they may not, but I heard that they were in talks for they were talking about maybe doing a spinoff. So if they do have it be as good as Better Call Saul, you know, have it have it have it be as good as the original show that it's based on, you know, Ozark. So, but um, but yeah, so. Great show. I highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. Uh, I had he- Again, yeah, I had heard so many good things about it over the past few years, or especially the past two years, ever since I saw that trailer for season three. And uh, and part of me is like, man, why did you take this long to get into this show? Especially with, your, you know, how much you loved, Bra- or especially with how much I loved Breaking Bad, or how much I loved Breaking Bad and, and Better, Call- Better Call Saul. Uh you know, and, and also The Sopranos too, because it's a crime crime drama. You know, but it's it's not as closely, it's not as similar to Ozark as like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are in a way. But you know, but yeah, but I mean, in terms of like crime dramas, you know, they have that in common. But yeah, it you know, I was like, man, how come it took you so long to get into this show? Like, part of me was thinking that when I was watching it, you know, this over this past month. But then another part of me is like, you know what? I'm glad. You know, I'm, I was kind of, I was glad and bad and felt kind of bad that I waited this long. I was glad because I'm like, oh, now I get to just binge the whole show and I don't have to wait for a new season. But at the same time, part of me, part of me was like, well, you know, now you've watched the whole show in a month, you know. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? But I can always go back and rewatch it. And, you know, if I ever, you know, uh, if I ever you know, whenever I, um, get a girlfriend, you know, like if we're ever binge watching something at her place or over at my place, you know, we can, you know, if she hasn't seen the show, she might want to watch it, you know, it's, or, or, you know, if a friend, you know, if I'm watching it with a friend, you know, and they haven't seen it, you know, cause that's always cool whenever you're watching a show with someone is it's always cool. Like when you've seen a show to kind of rewatch it with a fresh set of eyes, you know, like some, someone new, because you know you get to you get to live vicariously through them you know you get to see their reactions to everything that's you know made you go oh shit or oh yeah you know it just made you them shocked you or made you jump or or made you cheer or whatever you know or just got you so pumped or excited or you know all all that all of that nature you know it you know and and that's always cool to to again watch a show with someone who hasn't seen it before um but yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend the show if you haven't seen it. Uh, especially if you like, again, like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, but especially Breaking Bad. If you like Breaking Bad, I, I can see you definitely, I can see a- anyone definitely enjoying Ozark, but, um, but yeah, it's, and, and yeah, and, and like with Breaking Bad, it ended, it knew, uh, the creators, Bill, Bill Dubuque and, uh, what was the other creator's name? I, and I, I, I'm probably butchering his name too. Bill Dubuque. Uh, yeah, Bill Dubuque and Mark Williams knew exactly when, when they wanted to end their show. Uh, and it didn't feel rushed, uh, but it didn't feel dragged out either. It, it ran the perfect amount of time, four seasons, 44 episodes. 
you know, tight knit story that, uh, that again, will be better upon rewatch because like I said, they didn't keep it going just for the money. They kept it, they kept it going just as long as they wanted to until they're like, okay, well, this is where our story comes to an end. And, uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, Oh yeah. I also want to say, yeah, not only did I find Rachel really attractive, uh, Ruth, uh, was really attractive. And I also thought Charlotte was gorgeous too. And, uh, and, and it turns out she's this, uh, her actress, Sophia Hublitz is the same age as me. Well, actually she's like a month older in a couple of days. I was like, Oh shit. But, but yeah, she, she is gorgeous. Um, I, I just wanted to add that, uh, as, as a little side note, you know, at at the, or footnote or whatever at the end of this, I forgot to mention that, uh, earlier when I was talking about the characters and yeah, uh, and that's not why I like Charlotte's character. I'm just saying, you know, but, but she is gorgeous. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so great show, highly recommend it. If you love crime dramas, if you love Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, even the Sopranos, you know, check it out. It's definitely worth a watch and trust me, you'll, you'll be hooked. You'll, you'll, you'll love it. But, uh, or I I feel like you'll love it. I don't know you personally, but you you I I feel like you will. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I guess that just about does it. Uh, went a little longer, went a little over an hour on tonight's episode. But uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the episode. Again, by the time I post this, it's already twelve thirty six. So yeah, it's it's June fourth now. It's midnight. But uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed quote unquote tonight's episode. Um, and next week's episode, uh, or on next week's episode, I will be reviewing Post Malone's new album, his fourth album, 12 Carat Toothache. So be on the lookout for that next Friday. Um, as always, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will see you next Friday. Take care.